Hey, I'm Daniel, and this is Markers on the Map. This week we're climbing mountains in 60 frames per second in the world of Death Stranding Director's Cut. We're also blasting our way through Destroy All Humans, moving to the beat in bullets per minute, and having a long discussion on a certain Switch Online expansion pack. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Steve Harvey might be the most fashionable person alive. I could probably give a good guess on why you say that, but give an example why you would think that. The man's got a green suit. Mm-hmm. And I seen a picture of him that looks like Doctor Doom, and I said, man, that's the coolest looking Doctor Doom I've ever seen. There's only like two other people that I think that I know have a green suit. One of them is a leprechaun, and the other one is Joker. Well, Riddler has a green suit, too. Oh, does he have a green suit? Yeah. Oh, did you see that new Batman trailer, actually? I did see that new Batman trailer. I have not seen it, but I for, I, I, for, I was going to bring that up, actually. Okay, we are going to talk about fandom in this episode, but yeah, i seen the new Batman trailer, and they're doing their best to keep Riddler hidden in the trailer, but then, like, the figures went up for pre-order, so we already know what Riddler looks like anyway. <laughs> bro, it's all, like, bro, another classic figures ruin it for everything, bro. I, the pop, the Funko Pop for Endgame, or yeah, for, no, for, for Endgame ruined it for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, looking at the Hulk. And then a, a same thing with, like, spider A lot of those stuff just ruin it for a lot of people. I'm surprised they yeah. don't monitor that, like, certain figures shouldn't release yet. They're just, like, they had an official thing for it, too. They're like, here, put up pre-orders for the Batman, Catwoman, and Riddler figure from the new Batman movie. So it's like, oh, I don't no. know why they didn't just show them in the trailer. Well, oh, well, no, we'll see. But that's off the side. But, uh, Steve Harvey. Uh, very, yeah, you know, Steve yes. Harvey. Steve Harvey. The man can be anything. He can be a duelist in Battle City. He can be a stand user in in Italy or in Egypt because green goes with Kakyoin, but I've seen him dressed as many other JoJo characters as well. The man's style knows no bounds. It's uncontrollable at this point. At this point, the way he styles, his man's going to pull up and ask me to duel. He's going to be like, you know what time it is? Man, it's time to duel. And then he'll probably win just by looking at you. You know, cool you know what they sunglasses. say, I'm a third-rate duelist with a fourth-rate deck. <laughs> so, listeners, there's a Steve Harvey thing going around because the man has some of the most stylish outfits I've seen in my life. And people are <laughs> turning him into, like, anime characters, and it's very fun to look at. Like, the man's style is unquestionable. I'll give him that. <laughs> I see. Now, it's one of those things where, if because he is so, like, memeable, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, anything he kind of does is, like, a meme. But now yeah. it's one of those things, is it flattering or is it just kind of, like, I don't know how some people, some people take it as a, it's flattering that, oh, like, people are making, because sometimes when people make memes of you, it's because you're popular. A lot of things like that. I mean, I think this one is a really good meme. Like, he's probably seen it. Like, there's one where he's Dr. Octopus, and it just looks so cool. It just looks like this man could play Dr. Octopus wearing this green suit. Because what's something else that he he did, and then it was was a big meme? I think he got the name wrong of one of the pageant winners. A lot of Family Feud stuff does come up as a Family Feud stuff, for sure. 
and he's worn some like very uh, more outlandish things at some of his New Year's countdowns. Things like I think he, one time he had like a big hat and then like a like a white turtleneck or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Steve Harvey is just a very enjoyable person. <laughs> well, you know how honestly at this point. I'm just saying, at this point, most of the stuff that's very, like, fashionable these days, if you look at it, it looks straight out of, like, something out of JoJo. Or even, like, yeah. I remember someone posted a video of, like, the, like, the run, like, you know, when they do, like, the the run shows, and they're, like, in their outfits. Someone said, look, at, like, is that everyone here ready to take the, the, the high school exam for, for, uh, what is it? What's the school called for My Hero? The UA. The UA, they're saying they're gonna ready to take the hero coast for UA. I'm like, they kind of do look like superheroes from My Hero Academia, but well, I feel oh, like man. anime has gotten to the point where it's so popular versus like even back when we were kids. That, Dude, that, it, like, it everybody's is. just into it it's now. So, it took off. It's so it's like if you look at it like this, if you really think about it, back in the day, there was no streaming service specially made for anime, now and now like you have five. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like. If you look at it back in the day, if you wanted, uh, let's say, an Ichigo mask, like his hollow mask, mm-hmm. you couldn't buy that at the store. You had to special order that from someone. someone had, you have to know someone who can get it for you, go to a convention, or you just happen to find the right website. But it's one of those, like, you know, like it seems like it's from, like, the 90s. You know what I mean? But now yeah. it's like, you go to Spirit Halloween, they have all the stuff over there. Yeah. it's It's easy to find anime stuff nowadays. And you know what? I don't think we've talked about this yet, but real quick, I don't know if you knew this, but apparently they're dubbing Lupin Part 1. Wait, what? Is this a show from, like, the 70s? Yes, the original series of Lupin, I guess, is getting a theatrical release with the new one, and then they're dubbing Part 1. It was never dubbed? It was, it was always I think subtitled? only Part 2 was dubbed, like, the first half really? of Part 2, maybe? Yes. So I'm like, does that mean they're gonna dub all of it? Because Tony Oliver is Lupin is something I can get behind. For 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 that show to be that old and actually do have some type of like fan base in America, like a lot of people do like that anime. I'm surprised that they haven't yes. dubbed those animes way early. Like yeah. I'm thinking, like 2013, maybe they would announce something like this. I, I guess they were gonna do a theatrical release of episode zero and one of part six, like soon ish from recording and. Mm-hmm. They're going to release part one, episode one, dubbed with it. So I'm hoping this means that they'll dub the entirety of part one because it's short. Uh-huh. I still yeah. need to watch that one movie that I have yet. Which one is it? The Goemon movie? I think that one. I think that's one I that's need to That's a good watch. one. I, I need to watch to Fujiko's watch Lie. I think I've seen the other two. Mm-hmm. I might have seen the other two, but I know I've seen the Goemon one. Lupin's a good series. And it's now I'm going series. to effortlessly transition this to video games because that's what this podcast <laughs> is so our boy knuckles has a brand new hallmark ornament just you as lying? a preview for christmas <laughs> wait are you, is no, this real? <laughs> yeah he has a brand new hallmark ornament it's him like flying see, through the I air and he's holding on to <laughs> oh god and it's really expensive but i can't help but think like our boys coming up here on christmas i gotta get the ornament <laughs> i just need it man <laughs> i feel like you're joking but i don't know i don't know if this is i'm a not bit. i'm not i'm this not a bit? i'm not joking <laughs> oh. <laughs> i wonder I how our boy's doing with his filming for uh sonic the hedgehog 2 i mean what what else is uh, i don't know i mean can he handle that type of you know stardom you know 
What's the last thing Knuckles has been in that big? I think Sonic and Knuckles was the, the last time well, Knuckles Sonic ever Boom, been in something that big. But we all know how they, oh. <laughs> how they well, portrayed Sonic Knuckles Boom. in that. Is oh, that show, that show is so funny, though. <laughs> it is very funny. That show is funny. hilarious. I cannot help but laugh at every single episode, and it's usually because of something Knuckles says. It's like the the um the Looney Tunes show from like 2012, 2013. Yeah. Like when, that one. Like it's such like dry, funny like humor. It what, what type of humor would it say? It's sort of like a. It's like slapstick, but it's like intelligent slapstick. Yeah, it is is how how would I explain the humor of these shows? It's sort of. What, what what can I what show can I compare it to? It's just it's it's like it's not like slapstick like they're gonna draw a hole in the wall and like you know they run over but then when someone else does it they fall over. It's sort of just like yeah. a slice of life but comedic timing show where it's like real life things that happen to them. Like I say in Looney Tunes, like like Daffy Duck lives with Bugs Bunny and he obviously like acknowledges that that he doesn't pay rent. This type of that type of humor, which is really funny. Which Sonic Boom also yeah. has it too, but. Sonic Boom also has the breaking the fourth wall joke. And Sonic Boom also has an episode where Knuckles becomes the mayor. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, that's that is true. Oh, he became a meme recently. Too way back like last year, two years ago, Knuckles. Oh yeah, there was that whole he Knuckles was like, meme. Meme. Like and he like oh. he'll like accept it or deny it. It was like meme approved or like meme denied. There was, that, was that, that was from the mayor while. episode, I think. Yeah, that's the mayor episode. It was like, <laughs> meme, approved. Oh, well, let's get this on track here, all right? We all like right. Knuckles here on Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure, where we got some news this week, but we also got a few games we've been playing. As usual, I am your host, Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. How have you been this week? Man, I've been <laughs> I've been tired, but throughout all that, I did manage to finally did not only finish Mafia not that long ago, but I also did finish playing Resident Evil Village. Oh, we do got to talk about Resident Evil Village. That, that's uh, a foreshadowing for what's coming ahead of the future for this month. But yeah, yeah, we'll, it sounds we'll talk like the gamekeeper's gonna have himself a great episode for Halloween. <laughs> gamekeeper, I never complimented, but you do have a good gamekeeper like voice. Oh, I try. It's it's the, honestly the man, pretty spot on. I think it's on. John Cassier, the legend himself. I, it's pretty I, spot it, on, it, dude. Something I to aspire it. I was like, to. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have also been pretty busy, but I've found time to play Destroy All Humans, which surprise, I'll probably surprise. touch upon. Yeah. That's a franchise I've been wanting you to play for a while now. Yeah. So we'll kind of delve into that a bit. I think today. Um, but before we get started, we have some news, but I'd like to start this news segment mm, a little differently. So, right. classic monster movies, Frankenstein, Dracula, whatever. Invisible Man, yeah, all Invisible that. Invisible Man, movie. sure. Usually something scares the viewer, and back in the 1930s when these things came out, they were uh, they were very scary, I'm sure. They Today we see them as like, oh, that's kind of corny, but they're still fun to watch, they're silly or whatever. But back in the day, it really scared audiences, and it scared people in the movie itself. Mm-hmm. So what usually happens in the case of something like Dracula or Invisible Man is that they bring in some sort of scientist to explain what's going on with the creature. Uh-huh, yeah. Usually they have... It's either that or it's a scientist themselves, like Invisible Man, that actually is the one that's the monster. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and they still still explain like kind of what happened they get someone else to be like i know what happened i'm his like like assistant or something yeah and i was thinking even like something like godzilla where they bring yeah. in a scientist to give an explanation I think or something they give multiple scientists to explain not what yes. he is but kind of explain what he he's capable of yeah something to kind of ease the fear you might have of not knowing so what I thought I'd do, since we are so close to Halloween here, is I'd start with a really scary piece of news, but later on we'll kind of discuss mm-hmm. why it might be good for some people and why it might not be good for some other people. So okay. before we get to news today, I'm going to say these words. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pass is $50. For sure. I guarantee I'm not paying for that. So let's get on to some other news before we come back to that. (laughs) I'm not paying for that. Recently, they had the second DC Fandom. Mm -hmm. Remember, that was the original Markers on the Map news story. That was the first thing I believe we talked about in news on on the first episode. 60 episodes ago. It was like like almost a year ago, so it probably was. Yeah, um, so they had that yesterday. As we know, they did things like show trailers for the Batman movie and other trailers like Black Adam. They showed some Aquaman stuff, some Flash stuff, like the Michael Keaton Batman coming back in the Flash movie. But we know that there is two games that they showed off last year. Um, Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. And both of these games got brand new trailers yesterday. So... The, the first one they showed was Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. We know that the playable characters in this are going to be Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, King Shark, and I think Deadshot. And this trailer didn't, as far as I can tell, show any gameplay, even though this is still on track to come out next year. But this is, of course, Rocksteady's follow-up to Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. And... We did get new glimpses of what the Justice League looks like in this movie, so or in this game. So, it's like you're fighting against Superman, and they have Green Lantern you fight against. It's Jon Stewart, Green Lantern. So, like the one from the Justice League cartoon. I believe mm-hmm. they showed Flash and mentioned Wonder Woman, but from what I can tell, this game looks like it's going to be very good and very funny. There's some, you know, gags in the trailer where they're like, they've got like Penguin some kind of a like shock thing on him and amanda Mm. waller wants to know if he's down and they keep saying he's not even though he is so they have an excuse to keep shocking him so i guess that's the humor that the game is going for kind of a a suicide squad style humor that that you know you can get behind if you've seen the movies and stuff but which one the suicide squad or the suicide squad the suicide squad man (laughs) i i don't know because you gotta really it's it's weird that I guess spoil. I haven't spoiled, but I guess because I haven't seen, so I haven't spoiled. But that the Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad are still part of the same timeline, the same universe. Yeah, it's still the same thing, which is really yeah. weird. That it's, put it this way: if you're into James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy style humor, that seems to be what this game is trying to go for tonally. Okay, but I do feel like it's going to be a bit more over the top than say the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Mm-hmm. But I can't really speak on the gameplay because they didn't really show any. This is another CG trailer. I will say that it looks beautiful and that I'm interested in seeing where the plot of the Arkhamverse goes because this one is the direct sequel to Arkham Knight, whereas Gotham Knights is apparently in a different universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotham Knights, that trailer 
was less gameplay than they showed last year and i'm thinking maybe because they're refining it a little but this one is going to be the co-op like probably live service action rpg type one and it's where they are fighting the court of owls so they brought scott snyder and greg capullo my favorite comic book writer and artist on to kind of talk about the creation of that arc and you're familiar with greg capullo from his work on spawn yeah um and they Amazing. kind of just showed good. an overview of, you know, you're playing as the Robins or Batgirl in this game. And uh, this is the one I'm a little more skeptical about because yeah, this I, seems I like see it's going to be a live service. It. Yeah. Um, we've seen uh, it, a huge influx of live service games over the past couple of years. Uh, and it, it, the, the, the field is too competitive, I think, for one to really survive as well as something like the like a destiny or something that's mm -hmm. you know still being driven with new content and updates even though people are not fans of how they're vaulting content and everything but we see how live services like avengers and outriders kind of get sidelined because there's a million of them out there 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 is it's really weird if you look at it because it's i don't know because you look at that type of game even though let's say they say they whatever it is financially successful or just commercially successful but if you look at it even like destiny i is probably the only one i can say that's successful and everything else is kind of just like forgotten or sidelined and just like hey they're kind of forgotten because a lot of people don't talk about avengers anymore even though people had problems with it and they pretty sure they probably fixed it or they've done a lot of things to you know do stuff with it they just have no one's really talked about it anymore yeah i feel like it the hype comes when a new hero gets released and then for me it's a whole thing of like i don't have anybody else who plays it so it, i get mm -hmm. bored of it real quick because i can't do the missions that need more people and doing it with randoms is ridiculous because i never get anybody to join mm -hmm. on randoms <laughs> so there's that i i was reading that the suicide squad might not be a live service game which is cool but mm -hmm. i'm hoping then that there's more than those four playable characters but like it would be a good idea to have both of these games be like if one of them was going to be live service then have the other one not be so mm -hmm. i can see rocksteady's game maybe not being the live service other than that it was mostly just trailers i'm really curious to see some gameplay of that suicide squad game yeah we'll, we'll see what most uh, i don't know I'm trying to really think. Marvel has kind of gotten a grasp on their... Has DC... I mean, they have. They've gotten a grasp. Like, Batman, uh, like, Asylum, Ar the Arkham Cities and stuff like yeah. that. But other than that, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, even Marvel, like, I guess you could say flop with the, the Avengers game. Somewhat. It's like... No I like it, but you it. can't say it was a commercial success, I don't think. No. But I do enjoy... It, 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 there is a good game under all that. This mm -hmm. is another thing we, another reference back to the original episode. Hey man, it's it's one of those things. Like I said, everyone likes certain games, and I have no idea why. And there's some games that people consider terrible. I'm just like, honestly, it's still playable, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So that's DC Fandom. It's worth checking out, especially if you like a lot of the TV shows that they showed and a lot of the new comic ideas that they have. But Star Wars news: there's apparently some sort of Star Wars game announcement coming in December. Now, they haven't said anything about this. What I'm thinking is either they're going to announce another new game or they're going to have a full trailer for Knights of the Old Republic remake. But uh -huh. I was just thinking about this and I was like, isn't it interesting? EA kind of loses the exclusive license and now we get a nice influx of Star Wars games. I'm not it's, complaining. 
It's nice, but if you look at it, mo- I can guarantee you at least a good portion of them won't actually be made or they'll be scrapped. I can guarantee that. See, that's what happened before EA got the license. So I'm hoping that that's like, what I'm thinking. Yeah, doesn't happen I, this I hope- time because there was one by. Uh, Amy Henning, I think, who used to be uh, with Naughty Dog, I think they were going to mm-hmm. do one that was like a third-person adventure game, and then they had Star Wars thirteen thirteen, which was like a uh, like Coruscant Underground thing. Yeah, all those were canceled because because Disney bought out Lucasfilm, so then yeah. that can be a. But I guess it's still another. Like, yeah, even though you bought the studio, doesn't mean you should cancel all these games. That ha- but I guess since they do own it, they were probably just like, we don't want anything to retcon what we're gonna have planned for the future. They'd even canceled Clone Wars at the time. Yeah, they did. They really, which I'm pretty sure I can at, at least say, not even as a as a Star Wars fan, that that was probably one of the biggest mistakes you could have done, and that was probably one of the best things that they brought it back and finished it. Yes, absolutely, and even made a spinoff too. But yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, original Clone Wars was a Cartoon Network thing. It was Warner Brothers. It was. So whether or not it's a brand new game announcement, I'm interested in this because, of course, Star Wars, but... um. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see a trailer for Knights of the Old Republic if they weren't going to announce a new game, but we know they're working on that. Ubisoft's got their Star Wars game. There's that free-to-play one coming out. There's the Mm -hmm. Lego Star Wars game coming out um, early next year, I think spring. So look at all these Star Wars things that are coming out after EA, you know, has... EA only did three Star Wars games with their deal, Squadrons and two Battlefronts. That's That's one of those... That's one of those deals where if you have the exclusive rights to make a uh-huh. certain franchise, that's Star Wars is one of the biggest in the world. Should have gave us a game every year, EA, even if it wasn't Battlefront. I want to say every year, but it should have been more than just three games. How how long would they had it for? It's been like what, like six since the maybe? Disney deal, I think. Since the yeah, six since years? the Disney deal. Six years, so for that, I would have, I would have least liked to seen a fourth game. Yeah, you know we got I mean? two like, AAA's and a budget title. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny because the, the, one of the games that was part of it is a sequel to another one, so it's not even like three unique games. It was just a sequel to one of the ones that's already like exists. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, actually, we did get four. I'm forgetting about Fallen Order. You really forgot about Fallen Order? Wait, yeah, I was thinking, thinking squadrons about? and two battlefronts. Oh, well, squadrons is a budget is a budget game. That's it wasn't what I was saying. Like, but yeah. A budget game. It's a budget, so I wouldn't really count that. It's just kind of one of those that they just had the the extra time to make it. It wasn't even yeah. one of those like they put effort into it. I wonder if like Star Wars is like a thing now with all companies that EA could just make Fallen Order two whenever they want without having to stifle Ubisoft or Sony's development of whatever else comes out. I guess I guess it's also you can look at it as that they kind of messed up picking EA because maybe EA was sort of working on their other franchises because they really couldn't drop that as well. Like this is only a contract; it's not something they own. It's just something they have a contract with. So they kind of like, hey, we can just make like as much as we can, but we really still have to pay attention to our other franchises, which they did have quite a few. Mm. And also, I do kind of. <laughs> Battlefront 2 is the reason for some, you know, loot box changes in the gaming industry, I believe. So, for the better, I guess, but it just it just hurts that Battlefront 2 had to be that game that that <laughs> That's why even though on 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 paper and on news it sounds good that a certain company, let's say if like 
was Rockstar. People like Rockstar. What if they say Rockstar got the rights to Star Wars? I can guarantee you. I'd be worried that there'd be a lot of crane driving. We would have one game because they are so slow in making uh, their games. They take years to make their games. So we've only gotten like one. That's like something that they don't personally own. Like obviously GTA is owned by Rockstar. They can, you know, that's why they can take their time on it. But something like Star Wars where it's, you know, I wouldn't really want to have it tied down to one company. I wouldn't want it to have it on multiple people making if it's not going to be LucasArts, game. then just give it to anybody who wants to make a competent Star Wars game. If they have game, a good idea, make a competent yeah, one. They have a good idea, and they have the budget, and they have the money. Oh, that's the, obviously that's the same thing. If they have the budget, and they have the time, and they have the team, you know, really working for it, and they really want to do this. I think they should sign and be like, all right, you know, you have the okay to do it. Can't believe I forgot Fallen Order, but I think that's because really? I really like the story, but I really don't like the gameplay because it was so Souls-like, and I was sick of it at that point. Probably because you you've plotted like Sekiro. It was like right after Sekiro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so that uh, Nintendo on the Switch Online uh, Plus expansion pack is fifty dollars. How about we dive right into that? There was an Animal Crossing Direct. Uh-huh. There was an Animal Crossing Direct uh, last week, and it's really cool because Animal Crossing is finally getting a really big, like, meaningful update, so it's going to bring me right into the game because it honestly feels like they're adding a whole other game in here. Um, mm-hmm. They're doing new facilities and islands, shops, and hangout spots, expansions to other islands. They're doing cooking with new, like, vegetables and, like, foods that you can plant and find. They're mm-hmm. doing, like, mystery island tours farming they're doing new furniture fences they're doing new customization items they're doing new cosmetics hairstyles they're doing new songs they're doing new cameras they're doing like little stretching things you could do with the joy cons and my personal favorite thing that they're adding back is called gyroids which was something i was hoping would be in there from the start because it was in animal crossing new leaf where you can find little like toys or like figures almost and they all look different but in this one they've got like little musical cues that they do so you can combine them with songs and set them up and have these little like collectible figures around your your room and Mm -hmm. houses and stuff so this is all coming uh november 5th i believe as a free update and i've already like started clearing the roaches out of my animal crossing house because i'm i'm all in for this update but that wasn't all that they announced at mm-hmm. the Animal Crossing Direct. They announced a paid DLC expansion. Now remember, I have spoke about this more than once. I said, you know what would be really good for Animal Crossing? A paid expansion that's just like <laughs> nuts. <laughs> so they're actually doing it. And it's called, I think it's called Happy Home Paradise. Mm-hmm. So it's this thing where you can go to like other islands like a vacation island and there's a whole like world map of it and you talk to people you make their houses for them and you can do all kinds of cool stuff and i don't know there's like a whole you just i think you can meet up with any villager and just build their dream house for them so it's like takes the idea of like customization and relaxation that comes with animal crossing and applies it Uh to you know doing it for like as a task like as a game task and i guess you get rewarded for that you can bring stuff home you can start redoing your own villagers house which is cool because 
early villagers that you get in Animal Crossing, like ones that I got early that I really like and don't want to get rid of, have their really plain mm-hmm. houses instead of their themed ones. So I guess you can use this to kind of turn them back into their themed ones. And there's a lot of stuff that they added um, in the paid uh, content update. It's 25 bucks, which I said was pretty fair for all the stuff they're adding to to Animal Crossing mm-hmm. with the Happy Home Paradise. They are going to do a new set of amiibo cards. And hear me out. My favorite Animal Crossing villager is little octopus, Zucker. He's like a mm-hmm. Takoyaki ball octopus. There's a robot octopus in these amiibo okay. cards. Robert. Robot. <laughs> robot. I gotta have it. Interested. I gotta have this robot. That's a must. Yes, it's an absolute must. I'm going to buy as many packs as it takes to get that robot. But um, yeah, Animal Crossing, it's going to be awesome to get back into it because it's got longevity and whatnot. And it's very relaxing to me because nothing's pressuring me like a Stardew Valley or a Slime Rancher, which has a lot of like, oh, run over here and do this, run over here and do that. And the Animal Crossing is just like, nah, set the controller down for a couple minutes, go get some chips and come back. Yeah. Everything will be where it was. And then they had another announcement. All right, what's the other announcement? That the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack is $50. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I will stay by my quote. I will not pay for that. Now, before we go on, we got to get all the initial reaction out before we before we look at this from a million different viewpoints. Because I was just Mm -hmm. like, this merits such a discussion. Yes. We know that the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack comes with Nintendo 64 games and the Sega Genesis games. Mm-hmm. And they are going to add games over time to those both, probably. That's all well and good. I thought this was going to be a $30 thing. I think both oh, of us sure. were on the mindset of, like, this was going to be $30. 30 and that's fair. 30 and fair. That was going to be the whole focus on that. Like, you know what? In order to be fair with consumer of this, like switch because these aren't new games these are still very old games pretty old yes people who grew up on these games are now having their kids with this so it's like they have kids so these are pretty old games so for it to be an extra ten dollars i think that would have been fair we were assuming the family plan was going to be 50 the family plan is going to be 80 now that's what i'm saying we assume that okay maybe the single deal was going to be 30 and the family plan will be 50 that would seem like okay that's fair because if you're a family you can pay for obviously everyone and that's fine so let me tell you why this is a good deal and I know that's going to shock you to hear. Wow. But let me tell you, you why it's a good deal. think this is a good deal? Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, I'm hearing. I'm putting on my hearing ears. You remember how the Animal Crossing DLC is $25? Yes. It comes with the expansion pass. So for an Animal Crossing player, you're getting the Nintendo 64 and the Sega Genesis for $5. If you're not an Animal Crossing player, then uh-oh. Why Uh-oh. isn't there an option to get just the Nintendo 64 and the Sega Genesis for less money? I can probably give a good reason why, but let's just play dumb. Like, if I don't, I don't know. Why wouldn't they have an option like that? I don't know. I was I was, I was, was asking more rhetorically. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know why they would. I'm pretty sure I could tell why. But so, there's two dumb. ways to look at this, I think, from the initial, like, look. Either it is literally $50 and the Animal Crossing DLC is being thrown on as a bonus... Or the Animal Crossing DLC is part of the thing, and then you're kind of alienating people who don't play Animal Crossing. Which a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. You don't play Animal Crossing, so this doesn't seem like a worthwhile value for you. No, not... not, Bro, even without Animal Crossing, it still wouldn't be worth it. 
However, if they are going the route of, yes, this is $50 and then Animal Crossing is a bonus, that's a problem for me because what happens in a year when the $50 purchase comes around again and the Animal Crossing DLC is a bonus that I already have. So what I'm saying Mm -hmm. is the way to offset that, and this has been coming up in discussion lately, is that what if Nintendo adds all future DLC expansions to the expansion pass for Nintendo Switch Online, Uh, which would offset my purchase? I would doubt that. 100% Well, it's it's something to look at. Because if you look at it, it. it's it's the worst decision they can make. Because it's for their not first a great parties, one. for their first party stuff, I can see that. Like if it's obviously like Mario Zelda, they I'm just talking about stuff. first party stuff. Because if, if, if it's not first party, party it's not gonna. It would be the worst thing ever. Companies would not be a fan of that because they're not. Yeah, gonna they're, get they're only gonna. It. it would only be first party. I could not see them adding DLC for a game like I don't know. Um, the world ends with you. I, I still doubt it because they still probably they're probably just adding it for this year only because you know how many games they probably will have to add it for but also how many games do get an expansion not a lot Nintendo's not really ones that really add that much expansion for yeah, that I could Even see like do, a Breath of the Wild two having an expansion pass and maybe whatever would, and maybe like one other first party game it wouldn't be that expensive though either though their passes would not be expensive and that's what I'm saying it's the fifty dollars, regardless of what you attach to it, is just still. I don't care if they even put. Well, maybe if it's like you get like PlayStation Now and Xbox like Live, where you get like you know like the or Game Pass, where you get like. I feel like if it was that, that would be worth it. But if you look at it, man, you're you're already paying for the like some other. I'm already playing for the like example PlayStation Online, but at least they give me three games every month, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like one game, one good game can pay for that whole year like of mm-hmm. subscription off. And you look at if, let's say you now you have an Xbox, you're paying for that subscription. Either you're playing for the Game Pass, or you're playing for Live, or you're paying for both. Now you're looking at the switch now you're looking at your your streaming services either for anime television shows movies whatever it may be this stuff is just piling on and on and it's to the point where fifty dollars for a subscription if it's by itself that's not bad but i doubt people are just gonna have the switch by itself without having any other subscription to anywhere else you look at like what funimation's like what eight dollars a month seven dollars a month Six that's if like, you're in holdover from before they yeah, upgraded the price. <laughs> it's like that's such a good deal. Only for like that much a month, that's a good deal. But then you it's it's one of those things where the second you really start adding it and adding it, it does get pretty expensive when you have other streaming services as well. That's what I'm saying. Like, even though they could be like, Oh, it's not that much, you pay this much for this amount of month, like, okay, that's reasonable. But if you look at it, they got Spotify now and you got like all so that's my whole point where having it for fifty and I know people who are gonna still get it because the you know the games are gonna be worth it to them. But for me, I would have one hundred percent preferred if they were just have each individual game for sale. Because regardless of how good the deal sounds, I'm letting you know I only play like ten games out of the ones they offer, and the rest of them I could care less about. If I could just buy like Donkey Kong Country, the trilogy right there, twenty bucks. Whatever they want to charge me, twenty bucks for the whole trilogy, I would do so gladly a hundred times over and over again. If they want to sell Mario All Stars with the Mario uh, 
Super Mario World pack for 20 bucks, I would do so gladly 100%. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would rather pay for each individual game that I will keep and have and play for however long their service is for. If obviously, like how virtual console was, that if you kept it downloaded, it's yours as long as you keep it there. Because you know, eventually the online will go away, but that's not for a while. But I would prefer that over paying a monthly subscription just to pay for 10 games. I would probably play for like 10 minutes and then not remember to play ever again. That's the way I well, view the, it. Well, the thing I, I've thought about this for the past couple of days is that the, the NES and SNES for $20 a year is a good deal. That was it's a great deal. It's the shock, deal. I think. It's the shock of the other things that being added for... Because I'm I'm on the, you know, the thought process of that Animal Crossing DLC is just a bonus. So it is mm-hmm. $30 more for the N64 and Genesis stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they add DLC for future first-party games, I'll be pleasantly surprised. And I'd appreciate that. But that is like a huge shock for people who have only had to pay $20 a year for the NES and SNES catalog. Mm-hmm. And if you really look at it, their their online service is not it's way behind compared to every other competitor. It's yeah. on it still is. Nintendo still hasn't really gotten the concept of online service and their service are like providing good connection all the time. It's just really I don't know. It, I I just I'd rather pay 50 bucks for all the games I want to play and have them download on my console and then just not worry about it ever again because then if I don't play it for 10 months, it's not going to cost me cert- whatever certain amount of money every month to not play it. That's the way I view it is that, at least for me, I don't use streaming service. I remember when I was playing paying for Funimation, I even though I had it, I never watched enough anime to justify paying the $8 a month. I was like, That's how just, I feel about point, HBO I'm, Max. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm just paying for a service for for not using it. I really don't use. Yeah, I don't have enough time to watch all the streaming services. I yeah do. I would prefer to buy complete box sets of shows that I want than paying for a, a streaming service just because they have that show. See, I find I that used ridiculous. to do that, but you still end up spending more money on the box sets. Like I used to do buy you, maybe you three say animes that, from Funimation. I'm not I'm not gonna buy like every single show. Like a show I would buy like. An Ed and Eddie complete series box set with all with the movie and like all the specials and then the entire series. I would gladly pay sixty. I bought the Courage of Cowardly Dog bo- uh, box set not that long ago for like forty. I yeah. you know it, I have it and like even though it, it may take a while, I see the eventually ten years from now, me still having this this box set is still worth it because. I don't know what it is, but when it comes to streaming service, I just can't get behind it. I, I'll put on something and then I'll forget about it, or I'll stop watching it, and then I'll See, go looking move on at my, to something else. my collection of, like, anime and stuff, I used to buy box sets, but since I switched to just watching them on the service, because why not? It's just it's just taking up space for me. Like, I'll do a physical Switch game, but as far as, like, paying $50 for an anime set from Funimation, I pay just about 50 per year on the streaming service, and I have all of them, so that's how I look at anime, because I do watch a lot of anime, or I did at a point watch a ton of anime, and I like so much of it that it's like, ah, may as well not go switch, because anime is expensive. I think anime is like a, like a, I don't know if anime is the best example, because anime box sets are pricey. <laughs> it, it's, it's, Kill la Kill was pricey. <laughs> it's It's one of those things where... For me, at least, I, I, I like I can watch The Sopranos, but I've only watched like maybe three episodes. When I oh, I own the box sets for seasons one, 
two and three. I watched the entire series all in one day. Like I watched, I watched that entire season in one go because I would physically put in the disc and just put it on and watch it. I don't know what it is. It was just me physically having that and just putting it in and watching it is way better than me going on a streaming service and just surfing or finding what I need. But then I just like lose interest. And I'm just like whatever. It's just kind of there. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. If I it's feel like with the Nintendo of- Switch Online, it's more of a convenience thing because. Or, or like, a, oh, I don't want to go find an N64 thing. But we'll reel it in here real quick. For mm-hmm. me, this is a great deal because mm-hmm. I was going to buy the Animal Crossing DLC. So I'm getting yes. my Nintendo 64 games for five more dollars this year. However, if the subscription doesn't get anything added to it, it becomes a worse deal for me than I think somebody who doesn't play Animal Crossing in one year. So we have to see what they add on to it. I'm okay with spending the extra $2.50 a month for right now, but I'd like to see them improve on the expansion pass because people have done the math. It's an extra $2.50 a month. I'm fine with that because I was going to buy that DLC anyway. Would I be fine with it without the DLC? I don't know. 30 is a tough pill to swallow, but I will mm-hmm. say that there are at least three $10 N64 games that I'm interested on there. So for me... As an Animal Crossing player, it's understandable that that's a great deal for me, right? Mm-hmm. But for someone like you that doesn't play Animal Crossing, this is way too drastic of a quick, like, bump up. Like, it's mm-hmm. way too much, way too quick, at way too fast of a pace for someone mm-hmm. who's only paying $20 a year. That was worth it. Yeah, for me, it's just, it's, it's it, too it's much. Too much. It's too much. It's not worth it. I'm looking forward to it because it will be very it will be very inexpensive for me. <laughs> that was a whole rant, but at the end of the day, it's one of those I'm not willing to pay for that. I'd rather just buy the game myself. Not physically, but if they had it that's what I'm saying. If Nintendo were just to sell these games digitally again, I would one hundred percent buy them. People would still one hundred percent buy them. And I'm saying as an Animal Crossing player at least for this first year of the price increase for the expansion mm-hmm. pack, which it's is optional. It. It's very worth it because that DLC takes off $25 of the price. <laughs> now, imagine if, if Sony were to upgrade theirs to 100 right? But their first-party games, all the DLC, it comes with it. So say, like, Ghost, it came with it. Now, that would that be worth it? Like the DLC for Ghost? Yeah. Like, if, if sure, their first-party stuff... Sure, that was, like, stuff. $30 See, DLC. Now, now, here's my thing. Is like I said... Now, let's say someone, you say that it saves a lot, but you have to look at it in the sense of you already have to have the game That's what in I'm order saying. to be worth it. This is why the Switch it, one is so good for me. Yeah. I buy all the first party games. Now, for let's my say Switch. next year, right? It's next year, bro. You're thinking, oh, yeah, they're going to do that whole DLC. What if the next year is like FIFA? Like, it's a FIFA DLC. And it's like, you know, would you go and buy FIFA to make that purchase valid? Absolutely you not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, even if it's still. Their first party stuff, or it's just something you just don't play. It's just like you know what? I don't like this franchise, or I just I don't like the theme of it. I don't like the gameplay of it. I don't just don't like this franchise. And now they're just like that's why this could potentially just be the Animal Crossing DLC as a bonus. Yeah, and licensing was wild for the N sixty four and Genesis stuff. In which case, maybe shouldn't have gone for the Genesis stuff and went to what I was hoping for, which was the Game Boy. (laughs) Yeah, that's. If they now hear me out, if they were to add 
Because like I said, 64, even though people have this nostalgic and view that it's a good... It's not. There's only like 10 good games on that console. You have to have grown up And I up think they're all going to be generation. on the Switch Online. Yeah. Like the Sega Saturn, PS1, and, and the 64, you have to have grown up with that console in order for you to actually like a lot. Because a lot of those games are either clunky or they're like didn't age that well. Or there are a lot of sports games on the 64, I think. A lot of them were like a lot of sports games. And like there's like 10 good games that, that were actually like stood the test of time, but... If they were to add like a Game Boy one and a Game Boy Advance as well, like they would have the not only the like basically like the color, like they would just have like the because I would also play regular Game Boy games, the Game Boy Color one on there and an Advance one. I could see that maybe worth fifty, but for it just to have the sixty four with the Genesis and then them only really adding like a handful of good games and everything else is kind of just like back catalog like who's who's really wanting to pay fifty dollars to play baseball simulator 1000 on the super nintendo like no but you'd only have to play twenty dollars to get that one yeah that's what i'm saying like it 20 that's funny that's worth it you know oh yeah i still get other games but now you have to pay 50 for that no well as an animal crossing player this is exciting news (laughs) will it be worth it in one year that's up to nintendo We'll we'll have to see so I do got one more piece of news here for us, Robert. Mm-hmm. It's a Nintendo Direct rumor sponsored by Robert's Game Tip of the Week. And this week's tip is for a classic Sega Genesis game called World of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. All right, today for Robert's Game Tip of the Week, today's Game Tip of the Week, make sure you clean out your ventilation and airways throughout your house dust and dirt builds up and all that stuff so make sure you clean your acs and your heaters because dirt that's a good tip for world of illusion i was just getting passed apart with a lot of dirt and of course you just have to clean out the ventilation like you clean out a ps5 i just cleaned my ps5 out a little you know i clean that weekly i i really clean you have to because that stuff just builds up man you can't let it just stick there it's just just gonna take a little paper towel and scraped off the like physical dust particle you don't have you don't have like a a, a vacuum to like get because they made special like like vacuum like holes for you to like have a vacuum to. i'm too nervous to do anything like that really also too nervous to take off my face plates (laughs) i do that every week yeah, I'm I'm a little more nervous to take off the face plates. I don't like lifting the PlayStation Five. Hmm. But it really helps me with Mickey and Donald's adventure. Like, it's a yeah. good tip for most levels of the game have a little bit of dust and dirt everywhere. So good, good stuff. Anyway, our direct rumor is for a new 2D action game for the Nintendo Switch called Batman Fear City. A new adventure in the world of Batman: The Animated Series. I know who you are, Bruce Wayne. Scarecrow has sealed off Wayne Manor and the Batcave, but how did he find out Batman's secret identity? Bruce Wayne wakes up deep beneath the streets of Gotham, armed with nothing but his fists and all of his gadgetry has been lost. What remains is the training Bruce gained along the way in Batman Fear City. Start this 2D action adventure by tackling mutated creatures in Gotham's sewers with Bruce's hand-to-hand combat abilities in search of his Batsuit, being held on to for safekeeping by Killer Croc. Once the cape and cowl are back with Bruce, ascend to new heights in search of weapons and gadgets to help you explore Scarecrow's maze-like vision of Gotham City. 
face off in intense matches against the rogues gallery, each holding the next piece of the puzzle, like batarangs, explosive gel, remote detonators, and more. Each villain has their own unique sector in Gotham, themed after their role in Scarecrow's big plan. Is the path blocked? Return later with upgrades from enemies and bosses to find new paths through areas you've seen before and uncover secrets, extra batarangs, hidden artwork, and a variety of cosmetic upgrades to the Batsuit as each square of the sprawling map holds secrets to enhance Batman's abilities and the player's enjoyment of the game. Fear talks and blasts through Gotham in a story full of intrigue and isolation. Who is friend and who is foe? Duel with the Riddler, the Penguin, the Joker, and even newer enemies like Punchline and a fear-twisted Ghostmaker, or an Impersonator. Over 25 rogue bosses stand in Batman's way. Change the environment and work your way up through Gotham's menacingly tall buildings and back underground again moving swiftly between the two to face off against fear itself in Dr. Jonathan Crane. Collect Batmobile pieces to engage in high-octane race segments to traverse between areas. Find upgrades in the Batmobile in these segments and use those to immerse yourself in custom track mode, a bonus mode where users can share racetracks and vehicle challenges in 3D around the world. Additionally, Brawler mode takes the 2D combat of the game and places Batman in custom arenas with modifiers, also shareable with the world. Take back the night as Batman in this new adventure. Batman Fierce City creeping its way onto the Nintendo Switch. I think we got us a Metroid-style Batman game here, Robert. I think you just spoiled who Batman was for me. How dare you? I didn't know he was oh, Bruce no. Wayne. How oh, dare no. you? I didn't know. You're ruining it for everyone who doesn't know this. It's a big suit. You're not supposed to tell everyone in the world, Daniel, who Batman is. Now the Joker's oh, going to find out. I know we wouldn't want the Joker to find out who Batman was, would we? <laughs> Oh man! Imagine, but imagine a game. I, I, it's possible. They did drop. I mean, Metroid I like this. Long ago. <laughs> it does seem like the Arkham games are more or less Metroidvanias. And yes, I did actually beat mm-hmm. Metroid Dread a second time, and I love it even more. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking. But yeah, I mean, it, it would it would work. It would work out. But also, I have been watching the Batman. You know which one I'm talking about? The show, the Batman. Ooh, yes, that is a great that's show. A Kevin one. Michael Richardson as the Joker. I like that one. That's that's let's go. Also, did you see that Tom McFarlane did release a new uh, Joker figure that I think you would enjoy? It's and the I Death of the Family Joker figure, right? Yes. Yes, they announced that alongside the the Batman movie figures from McFarlane Toys of Riddler, Cowboy, and Batman. I think you probably really like that one. Yeah, I have a Funko Pop of that Joker. Death of the Family is my favorite little comic book mini event. It was like a five-part Batman thing that like expanded out into like 17 issues in the other Bat Family comics, and I made sure to buy all of them, and the covers had like a Joker mask on it. It was a really cool event back in 2013. Mm-hmm. I like that version of the Joker. Like I said, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, my two favorite people in comics, um, did that story together. So, yeah. I like Batman, and I like Metroid. I think marrying the two... Uh, is a good idea all right so we got to get to death stranding director's cut today first and foremost i think yeah i think that would be <laughs> best thing for right now i'm it's, a couple things get edited out but yeah, yeah. Be the best thing you work we'll out. talk about a few things but i just wanted to talk about this relatively quickly mm-hmm. so death stranding director's cut i think the biggest and best change that was part of this ten dollar upgrade if you own the bs4 version um, is yes. the 60 frames per second. The game looks and runs smoothly and more beautifully than ever before. I 
I almost feels like they touched up the graphics. I haven't checked to see if they have or not, but everything just looks so much better now. The water looks amazing. Um, and just the general smoothness of 60 frames helps with mm-hmm. aiming. It helps with walking. It helps with literally everything. It aims with driving the vehicles or whatever. There's also some new little things you can build that make things a little more accessible or enjoyable for people who didn't appreciate the idea of like learning how to take steps and walk aspect of the first game. Um, there is ramps you can jump over large, uh, you know, gaps with like in mountains where as in the original game, you'd have to like climb down into it and find a way to climb back out of it. There's catapults. Mm -hmm. So if you're having trouble with mobility, you can shoot your cargo over to where you need it to go and land it with a parachute so that it doesn't get broken. Then you can just ride over to it. Um, there is, there's one other thing they added that I thought was really cool. Oh, you can ride on top of your buddy bots now. Um, that's a little more like, oh, I can do this for fun if I just want to sit down and appreciate the scenery for a second, but I don't really make use of that. Uh, they added, of course, the racetrack mode, which lets you take any of the game's vehicles, including the new Roadster, and do like time trials on a racetrack. They're pretty easy, but they're also fun and let you actually drive without having to worry about the rocks. You can put some music on and just enjoy, you know driving a car or a vehicle or a truck or you know a bike around for a couple of minutes there's nothing wrong with it it's just something that got added in that's fun and then there's um pc content that got ported over there's a string of missions for half-life where you find companion cubes and you have to like bring those back and you have to like destroy Uh a companion cube there are cyberpunk missions where you're talking to characters like your messages come from a character from cyberpunk and you do little requests for them and these half-life and cyberpunk missions give you cosmetic items or things that make you know tracking enemies or blocking enemy signals better so they all add like gameplay Uh enhancements to the game and then there's a few new story missions that are kind of metal gear solid-esque stealth type missions that you don't need to do stealth it's death stranding but you can yeah and you're going through a little base that we saw in the original Game Awards trailer for the director's cut or Gamescom, whatever they showed the trailer at. And it's more or less a, an easy like hour, hour and a half thing, but it does have a connection to the plot and the characters of the base game. So this does feel like post-game stuff that does get into spoiler territory, but I thought that the way they did it was like very touching and satisfying as a, as a player of the game. Now, Death Stranding has always presented itself as like, oh, this is a very emotional game, but it's also very silly at points. There mm-hmm. was that whole commercial where the, the whole city was flooding and it just go, floods in reverse and it turns out it's just a, a gamer playing Death Stranding, crying, and I'm like, okay, it, it doesn't quite get that emotional or anything, but I thought that the way that the, the story content unfolded in the director's cut was a good like gut punch payoff for a lot of things that happened in the main plot. Um, so you've not gotten through a ton of death stranding so no discussion uh, of plot is not going to be happening here on on this no, here yeah. episode <laughs> I, I i did i have it and then for the longest we kept dreaming that what if there's a 60 frames patch update which this is even better because they added way more stuff to it and for 10 bucks it's way better i haven't purchased it yet but soon ish probably give it november yeah, uh, it's I'll probably worth it. buy it's way, the 60 way frames worth the 10. Yeah. yeah, and then probably start... I'll probably just restart my game. I wasn't that far into it, and just restart my gameplay so I can get back how it was, and then, uh, you know, do all that stuff. Dual sense features, like the haptics, really great. 
of course I have triggers turned off so I don't know how the triggers are but the haptics are great uh mm -hmm. I enjoy the whole Death Stranding where there's a well, there's a way thing. So the first thing I mm -hmm. obviously did was drive a truck up a mountain because that's how I roll in Death Stranding. Oh, and the other thing they added is a chiral bridge. It's a it's a smaller bridge that you can get into smaller areas versus the bigger ones. And you can just walk on it. If you're good enough, you can drive a bike up it. But it's kind of like another little accessibility thing. The, the whole mm -hmm. director's cut is designed to like make things easier for if you didn't enjoy maybe the whole like struggle to get over this mountain aspect of death stranding which is something i really yes. enjoyed about it but there are stabilizers now you can go up the snowy mountain a lot faster um there's a lot of qol stuff that is much appreciated um whether you're a new or returning player and there's an ultra wide mode so you can <laughs> you can play it in ultra wide like on the pc it'll do black bars on the top and bottom and your fov will expand to like twice as much so there's a lot of stuff here for ten dollars i'm really happy with it new colors you can customize the bb pod now you can replay some of the action missions you can refight some of the bosses um hey man all it's missing is monster energy drink <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's like a uh, alan wake how they get rid of the duracell and verizon in yeah that. they did that so yeah. I mean, they got, but it, it seems like there's no more monster energy in Death Stranding director's cut. If if Street Fighter Five were to get re-released, would they get rid of the Red Bull? No, because the so. Red Bull was just like something you had yeah. to actually pay for some Red Bull to get it. Yeah. Speaking of Street Fighter, they're doing breast cancer awareness costumes right now that I'm probably gonna get because it all gets donated to the foundation for Those are Ryu and Chun Li. Good. Yeah. I remember. I know a few games have done that in the past, so that's cool. But um, with Death Stranding. Some of the trophies did not unlock. Ah, um, uh, one of those. One of a Borderlands 3 scenario. Well, there's a reason. The conditions were changed on these trophies. So mm -hmm. most of them unlocked as soon as you... Most of them, you know, auto-popped as soon as you loaded in your file. Except for three, I believe, where the conditions changed. But it was clever mm -hmm. because those conditions took you right through all of the new content and all of the new things you can build to get those three trophies back. So in order to get those back, I played very streamlined through all of the new stuff, and it was very satisfying mm -hmm. to get those three back. So double platinum, baby. Death Stranding's a tough platinum. <laughs> I'm trying to really think of the last platinum. Uh, I guess I haven't really gone for a platinum in a while, dude. I, I don't haven't, know if I want I haven't to play either. Death Stranding. <laughs> But Death Stranding is it's a it's it's not How an easy plat, but it is very it the the difficulty I think comes from like hard is not a difficult difficulty on it, but there are there's a trophy where you have to get a Legend of Legends rating, which is like a super S, which is not hard, but you have to get it in twenty of them in five different categories, and that's all well and easy except for the speed ones. So when I was doing my initial platinum run for the game, you have to really get familiar with zip lines so that you can do missions that should take you half an hour in like two minutes because zip lines are a thing mm -hmm. um but after you get a network of zip lines set up that's like the only challenging part of the death stranding plot so i guess it's not too bad but if you're not willing to learn some of the terrain around like the mountain and stuff and search out these time-based missions then that little part of it can get a bit tricky but they added legend of legend of legends now so I'm not going to go for any of that, but they added a whole new rating system. They added they added a lot. I'm surprised at how much they added for, for just $10. Very good. 
it's one of those it's one of those now is it dead rising one difficulty of plotting no but i don't think very many things are because you have to have a very long play session to get that dead rising one plot all right so i'll maybe one day try to plot this game but i'll I'll pick it up one day because i did see some of the stuff they did add you did share play that yeah so that that's death stranding director's cut glad Mm -hmm. we finally talked about this was about three weeks ago that (laughs) that i did all this got to talk about it yeah um i started playing destroy all humans and we'll have a little bit of further discussion i think after i beat it so i'll just give some Mm -hmm. initial impressions because i'm most of the way through um this very much feels like a game from was it 2002 2003 2004 yeah yeah um and I'm not saying that is like a, to knock the game. It's very charming in in that respect. It does feel like something you would play as a kid on like a PlayStation Two or a GameCube or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I did think it would be a little more arcadey than it is because it almost feels sim like in quality. Uh, the different options you have, the different like technologies he has, and the different way you implement certain weapons or abilities. Um. So it does feel a little more sim-like, which was actually surprising to me. I enjoy the idea that your weapon doesn't need ammo uh, until you get to other weapons, but your initial weapon is like an infinite thing that is pretty good because I've upgraded mine the whole way. So it, I mostly mm-hmm. use that because for some reason it took me so long to figure out the whole transmog thing because it just didn't seem like there was enough items around for me to keep refilling my, my death ray ammo. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. I really like the plot of this. I find it to be very funny, and I it's a, good, a lot yeah. of that I, I owe it to the voice acting. Horowitz, we know Billy and Invader Zim is yeah one of the all time greats <laughs> of voice acting. He's Foxy, yeah, yeah, and they they didn't re-record anything for this as no, far yeah, as I can these tell. These are still original uh, voices, yeah, and so, they added some ones that weren't used. Yeah, they added a few. I can kind of tell by the quality of some, but the mission based structure. Now, Destroy All Humans 2 is an open world, right? No, it's open world. It's semi-open world, Destroy Humans 1, but 2 is way more open world. Yeah, well, like, I feel like this one might have benefited a little more from being open world, but I can't really mm. fault it because the missions are in it's nice contained one, yeah. areas. Um, it's, it's perfectly serviceable, I think. You know I'm not a huge fan of stealth sections, so those parts kind of irk me a little, but those parts will irk me on any game. You could give yeah, me just, you could give me something preference. like Ghost of Tsushima, and I still do struggle with some of the stealth sections, that like the mandatory ones, like an Act Two uh-huh. ending stealth section. Um, so I'm I would never knock a game for having a stealth section uh, because I'm just not a fan of stealth. But uh, otherwise, yeah. I'm having a a pretty good time with it so far. I like the saucer. I do wish the death ray was a little more powerful on the Sasha, but again, I've been mm-hmm. I only just upgraded it, so that is one hundred percent my fault. Uh, I th- believe with this one, you're not going to use the saucer as much. They added way much. more. Like you can add like anti missile like shields and maneuver. You could do a way more than you could have in the original. So yeah. the original, you needed your saucer pretty you know, upgraded pretty soon because you did have to fight a lot of things but in this one you really want to focus on your combat on the ground yeah i i think my only real problems with the mechanics are like hollow bob being up 
and forget being like the left on the d-pad and then you like restore mm-hmm. your energy with triangle while you're doing it but you have to press square really fast to get shields i feel like there's a little for me personally i feel like there's a little much going on with the the mechanics but again mm-hmm. that's coming from oh i'm expecting this to be super duper arcadey but it's more sim like so again mm-hmm. it's just something that i've had to get used to and as i've played more through the game it's it's more or less become second nature so i i do enjoy that it's not too difficult <laughs> mm-hmm. i always like it when something's not that difficult for me at least um so yeah we'll we'll get into more details about that after i beat it um but the last thing i wanted to touch on this week was well i've done it and i bought another roguelike oh you did yes so you remember how i was like i need to take a break from roguelikes after returnal which is an amazing game but it's roguelike and i need to take a break until like binding of isaac repent comes out okay well that was supposed to come out in quarter three 2021 and it's still not out repentance for the switch and the ps5 so um we've seen this game before bullets per minute we've seen a trailer for it sometime last year i think uh before it came out it is a first-person shooter roguelike, but it is a rhythm game too. So you have to shoot to the beat, and mm-hmm. your enemies will move and attack to the beat. So it's kind of like a first-person shooter version of Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Okay. It's very good. Uh, if you play on PS5, you're going to get a solid 60 frames. Uh, if you're playing on PS4, uh, I don't know, 30 frames is, is the standard on there for it. But I've only gotten past the second level once, but it's so much fun, like... It's funny, most people would probably have a problem keeping up with the beat going into an FPS rhythm roguelike. Um, But I play a lot of rhythm games like Hatsune Miku, as you know. So keeping up with the beat is the easy part for me. It's the the aiming that I'm having trouble with that makes it so hard. But your jumps, dodges, and bullets are all tied to a beat. Your reloading is tied to a beat. So you do like a three-count beat like three out of four for um reloading Mm -hmm. a shotgun or something and you'd be like blast pause blast pause blast pause reload 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 it's got stuff like that but it's very difficult and um it's binding of isaac map style in nature where rooms can be returned to and items can be picked up like if there's health drops but you are really being attacked from all different directions bosses will have rhythm based attacks that you have to dodge left and right and left and right for and then when you defeat a boss the beat will stop and then it'll let you make your own like really cool beat as you you know finish off the boss so Mm. i'm gonna get a little bit more into it it's very stylized and cool and the characters look awesome and it's just so metal and dope and i really like it but man the the difficulty on this one in I can see some people just not being able to handle the keeping up with the beat, like in like a crypt with the necro dancer. But there is an auto beat mode that kind of like keeps it for you. So there are accessibility mm-hmm. options like that. Um, there's control options and remapping stuff. So like dashes originally on like the L1 button. I'm like I can't do that. I need it on circle. And I won't play mm-hmm. claw, but like some people do. Um, but I'm like I'd rather be comfortable pressing circle than having my hand on the right stick the whole time so um it's gonna take a while i think for me to beat this but i'm having yeah. a, i'm having a pretty good time with it yeah uh i mean what would i even say about today about it because i because oh yeah really <laughs> we are really we are doing a 
We are doing yeah. a Resident Evil special uh, for Tales the, I from know. the Map next week. But if you want to give some real quick initial yeah. things um, about you know um, what you liked mechanically, I guess. Gameplay-wise, I would give it... Nine, eight out of ten, like eight out of nine out of ten. It's really good compared to like seven Resident Evil Village. If upgraded way, I'm telling you, seven even on normal was super difficult. I had I struggled with that one. With this one, everything was just so much. It was way smoother, like the flow and like the movement and just like aiming, like aiming downside was way easier and you can kind of figure out and kind of guess the 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 aim assist is way better in this one than it was in seven yeah so i will say the game i really enjoyed the gameplay uh aesthetic wise lady dimitrescu 20 out of 10 i have my reasons everything else pretty much seven out of ten uh uh uh, is it um heisenberg gives it a really good like that part's kind of dope but if you really look at it i wasn't as scared as, as I was compared to, like, 3 Remake or 2 Remake or even, like, 7. Like, those scared me. Especially 3. Because you know which part scared me. Nothing like that ever happened I know, happened I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe once when I was doing the, like, survival wave where the big... I didn't realize there was a big guy. And then I was like, oh, big guy. Big guy. Uh, that's pretty much it. And then uh, pretty much... It's just kind of weird. It's kind of also a quick as well. That's most Resident Evil games. So that's every game. But... This one, especially I think I cut off like me... two and a half hours between my first and second playthrough. Then I did this. That's what I'm saying. I think I did like nine hours on this playthrough. But if you really look at that, was me not knowing what's going on for it to be only nine hours. It's kind of a short game, very short. Yeah. Uh, rarely died. I think the most amount of times I've died was like five. But we'll get way more into it next week. Yeah, we're gonna have a full-on spoiler special, so if you like Village and you've played it and you want to hear our thoughts on it, we're gonna have, we're gonna do the first, I think the first episode, we're gonna break down the whole thing, spoilers, plot, all of that stuff on Tales mm-hmm. from the Map, uh, on the, uh, our, our second Halloween special. So, <laughs> um, that will be the next episode. There will be plenty of warnings for you. <laughs> yeah, you you have been warned been warned right now. Yes, if you made there will be the, the episode will start with a spoiler warning. The entirety, like nothing, is safe in Village from being spoiled <laughs> when we discuss the yeah. plot of this game. But for right now, would you say we've done an episode? That should honestly wrap up this week's episode. All right. Well, as always, we would like to thank you guys all for listening. Uh, please follow our Twitter at Markers on the Map and listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate, leave a good review, subscribe, download an episode, listen to us wherever you go. And if you don't like Apple Podcasts, we are on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. All those links, as always, go up on our Twitter at Markers on the Map. So I guess there's not much left to say except for what we always say. And that is that the real Astro Boy, the video game, was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.